It's Under the Dome Radio, the full discussion and fan feedback show for Season 3, Episode 8, entitled Breaking Point, recorded August 7th, 2015. Thanks again for listening to Under the Dome Radio, the unofficial podcast by and for fans of CBS TV's Under the Dome. This is episode 64 of Under the Dome Radio and the blog post with links and things we talked about this week. That's right, underthedomeradio.com slash 64. And we want to hear your feedback. Just visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback and let your voice be heard. Under the Dome Radio is a very proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Check out our other podcasts that will help you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. We are also sponsored by lynda.com. That's L-Y-N-D-A. Dot com. Get a 10-day free trial. Learn something new, won't you? At lynda.com slash dome for all the details. I'm at Wayne Henderson, your voice acting, podcasting, Green Bay Packers fan. And I am at Troy Heinrichs. And after this past evening's episode, Breaking Point, I can say that I have officially, I think, reached my breaking point when it comes to the writers for Under the Dome. Not for the show, just for the writers. <laughs> I'm I'm near the breaking point on a lot of things. So, oh, uh, uh, how's your got a, how's your head cold tonight compared to yesterday? Better, worse? A little bit better. It's moving into the chest. So there we have Wayne's virus update. So uh, I hear so, I thought, here I thought it was just a figment of my imagination. Uh, more like a pigment of your imagination. But uh, <laughs> we we have a lot to cover, and I'd like to jump right to the listener voicemails, but we have to. Stay within the format so things will work. You know how radio is. We've got breaking news where we're going to have dome-related news and ratings happening uh, around the mill. We're also going to have requests and dedications. We're going to close the loop on last week's episode. Then we are on the air talking about some of the stuff that uh, Troy and myself found interesting on the most recent episode of Under the Dome. Then we're going on location where we're chatting with you, the hardcore fans of Under the Dome, with your listener feedback and voicemails. Then we're going to wrap it up with an investigative report, kind of background information on next week's episode. So, yeah, some people might think it's spoilery. I say spoilers, schmoilers at this point, right, Troy? Absolutely. Everybody should know exactly what's happening and what they're trying to get themselves into before they watch the next episode. And with that, we will head on over it, of course, and give some really interesting breaking news this week. I think this might be a Under the Dome exclusive between all the podcasts. <laughs> Because this news comes direct from the Dome. I mean, like, literally, the Dome's speaking to us. Because today was actually the final day of shooting. That's right. August the 7th was the final day of shooting in Wilmington. And I stress final because that's exactly what it is. It's not just the end of season three, but it is literally the last day under the Dome we'll be filming in Wilmington, North Carolina. So thanks to our sources in Wilmington, we have learned that CBS has ordered to strike all sets in the Wilmington area. Now, in non-theater TV speak, for most people, that basically means tear it all down, get out of town, we're done. (laughs) So Mm. now, before you all jump up and down and be excited that there's going to be resolution at the end of this third season, what's weird about this is that typically when there's a strike set, there's usually like an auction for charity People get to like pick pictures of their stuff and say, hey, look, I'm taking this home and putting it on my mantle, you know, stuff next to Big Jim. And unfortunately, I have to quote Big Jim here and say, no, 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 no. 
because rumor has it that the sets are actually being loaded up and shipped off to wait for it. Waiting. Utah. 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 My old stomping grounds? Yes. Why on earth would that be happening? Well, number one, it's because Utah has the old tax incentive that North Carolina used to have before the legislation totally went and messed it all up. So that's number one. And and rumor had it that Neil Baer was pushing to get that tax incentive. So that's why they wanted to move it out to Utah. So this actually leads us to thinking about a few things. Okay, number one, they actually are going to send everything to Utah because they actually want to bury the sets in the desert, kind of like the ET Atari cartridges from back in the 80s, and just like forget that dome ever happened. That's one one possibility. Okay. Uh, There's more? Yeah, there's more. Two, another possible theory is that they are truly going to work on some kind of crossover event with another Amblin television show yet to be determined that it will take place when they film in Utah. So that's a possibility. They, you know, Amblin likes to share their cocoons and their moons and their space stuff between shows. So there could be a, a new television show that needs this, this dome stuff over in Utah. Possibility. Or, as I predicted, in the first week of Under the Dome Season 3, yes, Season 4 is already in the works. And that's why their location was already picked out. So when they struck the sets, that's why everything's moving to Utah. Oh, boy. Um, my DVR is not going to be able to record a season four. So that's kind of strange. <laughs> um, another possibility for the set. I mean, if you remember on Seinfeld, when Kramer found the set to the Merv Griffin show in the trash dumpsters, he pulled it all out and hauled it up into his apartment and set it back up. So it could just be some diehard collector wants to recreate Chester's Mill there in southern Utah. It's very well could be a possibility. So take it for what it's worth, everybody. We, what we know for a fact is that today was the last day of season three. The sets are being taken down. It will be shipped out of town. What happens next? We still have to wait for an official announcement on season four. But word on the street says Utah. So season four might be likely. And if you want to read the full story on everything that's going on in Wilmington and all of this extra details, you can find that on our show notes at underthedomeradio.com slash 64. That'll link you over to the Woomywood blog uh, run by our good friend Sheila Brothers. You remember we interviewed her back in season one here on Under yes, the Dome. Did. I believe that's underthedomeradio.com slash Sheila if you want to hear that interview. It was very, very good stuff. But it brings to mind a big question. Troy, how on earth can there be a season four when we hit a brand new ratings low? Oh, man. Under the Dome had a 0.8 with a uh, three share in the 18 to 49. That's 3.8 million viewers, which is a lot of people, but it's the lowest they've ever had. And we've got the DVR numbers for Alaska. Now, those kind of went up because that's how the DVR thing works, you know. A 100% bump in the 18 to 49, which brought it up from a 09 to a 1.8, and if you can believe this, it was number one in the most post-air date viewers added, bringing the total to 7.917 million, which was a 67% increase. So an increase, yes, but this past week, or last night's episode, a new series low for live viewers. Uh, Season four just doesn't make sense to Wayne. Yeah, it doesn't, but I mean, 8 million viewers with the DVR numbers factored in still is a big chunk of people watching summer TV, if you ask me. So I, I could see where season four could be a possibility because of the DVR. And like we've said, if as long as Amazon is writing a check and as long as the international markets are still hot for dome, 
then they're going to keep writing their checks. The show will be in the black before it ever hits the airwaves. You know, everybody's paid. Everybody's happy, except for the viewers. Well put. And I think I'm going to just continue referring to myself in the third person. Yes. Just kidding. (laughs) Uh, With that, let's move on. We'll go into our requests and dedications. Well, we asked you on the reaction cast last night to tell us your best and your worst moments from Breaking Point, and we got a few responses, did we not, Mr. Henderson? We did, as a matter of fact. Uh, Bonita said that her favorite scene was Big Jim and Hunter, and the worst scene was Nori and Joe. <laughs> that one's pretty obvious. That was bad. Well, I wonder which uh, I wonder which Nori and Joe scenes were bad. The ones where they were trying to find the schematics, or the ones where they were crying in the road. Or the ones where they were driving the Prius. There was a any, lot of really bad ones. Any and all. And Barb said she was happy that the tunnels blew up and Lily was the worst because it made her think of another storyline could be something that we need to follow into the next season. Oh. oh, Barb, that's scary to think about. Lily was the worst. The worst. Oh, yes. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to side with, uh, I mean, Bonina makes a great case for Nori and Joe, but I'm going to side with Barb because I thought Lily, that was, uh, yeah. And, uh, I love that, uh, Bonita picked up on the big Jim Hunter scene. That's actually going to come up later in our big Jim liners of the week. So make sure you keep that one in the back of your head and you can probably know where that liner is going to land as we get into the on the air segment. Shall we start talking about breaking point there, sir Wayne? What do you think? Let's do it. Right. Do it now. Well, as you like to know, we like to do a quick rundown of the episode in case you did not see Breaking Point. So we have kind of a new Scooby gang, and they have some spam, 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 spam. The morning spam, after, spam. the morning after, the canceled apocalypse. That's right. It never happened. Just as Christine exits her cocoon in the tunnels, Barbie finally gets some actual bomb chicka wow wow with his new girlfriend, but it has no effect on Barbie because he's not an alien in the mirror after all. The dome's projector system, actually aka Christine's visual farce, fails, so instead she convinces the kinship to go hi-ho, hi-ho. They're off to mining they go, down in the tunnels to bring up some amethysts. And Hunter tries online dating, which actually helps Big Jim actually get some dog treats for Indy and some C4 on the side. Barbie and Julia have another epic conversation over a walkie-talkie while Jory sells a few Priuses and then steals some paper and tries to convince Carolyn to flip sides. Christine actually has Sam in the fallout shelter. Man, I miss that place. I'm so glad we're back there. She also figures out that if you can't have sex with the men in your life, you just give them your blood instead. The Whistling Millers pull up a giant rock that's supposed to be an amethyst, but is the saddest looking prop in the history of the dome. Julia creates a diversion while Big Jim sets the explosives in the caves. Big Jim and Junior share a tender moment between father and son. Barbie almost blows up. Sorry, Wayne. Carolyn Carolyn does blow up. And then Nori and Joe blow up at Julia for trying to blow up everybody else. Ava spins more of her wicked lies, which then incites Christine to end peaceful coexistence and to take action next week. All on breaking point on Under the Dome. Yes, it was 
after the rewatch again, still probably the worst episode of Dome just above Fight Club because I still say Fight Club was the worst. Oh, no, no. This was the Fight Club episode was a masterpiece of television programming compared to what we witnessed with Breaking Point. Well, um, where do you want to start? Do you want me to start? Or you or you got some stuff that you want to chat about? I just want to throw out one thing. I mean, there was so much that you covered in that recap that, wow, all that was in one episode. But I just have to point out, you know, how we've talked throughout the season, as well as Hank and Alex talk about on their Falling Skies Amblin podcast, how, you know, they like to zoom and close up and pause on the gun or the knife. Now, I get the message loud and clear over the past two episodes that uh, with all of the scenes that we see of Eva and Christine looking in the mirror and we see their sparkling alien matter, I get the message that these two are aliens. We get it. Continue on, Troy. Well, then I'm going to jump to my last point of my list and keep with that concept because here we have Sam. He's in the fallout shelter. And of course, we have the Chekhov's gun where we have, you know, Christine coming in front of the little tiny mirror that's in the fallout shelter. And we see, of course, that she, of course, is alien. But you're like, oh, that mirror is going to be important for later in the show. And sure enough, Mm -hmm. Uncle Sam stands up. He starts to walk out of the fallout shelter They pan to the mirror, but just before Sam walks in front of it and then pan back away. So we don't know if Sam is really converted or if Sam is like Barbie, where he's kind of with the kinship, but just not an alien Adam wise. I thought that was very clever. Keep me hanging on. Want me to come back next week? Maybe. It's a mystery (laughs) that keeps me awake at night. It absolutely keeps me awake at night. All right. So one thing that was consistent, let's start with consistency about Under the Dome. Wow, this shouldn't take very long. <laughs> Chester's Mills, Chester Mills, whatever whatever it is, the Millers that live in Chester's Mill lie all the time. And in this episode, right away, we have Julia lying to Joe about the walkie-talkie. Jim lies about Dr. Marston. Barbie lies about Julia being in the woods. Jim lies to Junior about his actual apology, even though he does technically save him. So we'll talk about that in a minute. And then, of course, Ava lies about shooting Julia because I just shot up in the air to make her run away and be scared. Oh, that was sad. So, yeah, lying in Chester's Mill, still that part of the writing of the story is consistent. Did you pick up on any other lies that I did not quote? No. No. I'm sure there there are others. I just didn't pick up on them. Well, Sam was lying on a bed. Oh, 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 oh. And <laughs> <That was bad. laughs> the uh, Prius was magically recharged by the perpetual recharging station. Yes, that it was. Um, <laughs> this is another thing that really bothers me about the show. So the writing we all have said is just not up to good quality television writing. And then you have a line that comes from Christine just as the projection system fails. She says to everybody, I projected it on the dome as a crucible to bring us all together. Can we not use giant 25 cent words in the writing of under the dome because nothing else makes sense. And then you pull out crucible (laughs) instead of just, I projected it on the dome as a farce or I projected it on the dome just for having fun. You have to use the word crucible. 
That's a good point. <laughs> I was like, it's very out of place. I, I heard it. I heard it the first night. I was like, did she say crucible? And then I like watched it again. Yep. She said crucible. So in case you don't know what she meant by that line, because it is one of those 25 cent words. Uh, in this case, it's being described as a place or occasion of severe test or trial, like the crucible of combat. So they were trying to try everybody's beliefs and come together as a kinship, or it could have even been a place or situation in which different elements interact in order to produce something new. In that case, the kinship is coming together to produce something new in this uh, Chester's Mill environment. So both, I guess, would technically work in this statement. I think it's more the first, the place or occasion of a severe test or trial. But yeah, crucible. I was like, wow, just wow. Just very much wow. And I'm going to go with the first one as well, that that might have been what she meant. But much like the tattoos that Jack Shepard had on Lost, he says, I know what they say, but that's not what they mean. Exactly right. Now, Big Jim and Julia, they have this conversation about Barbie. Are you going to be able to do it if that guy comes up in front of me? Are you going to be able to shoot him? It's like, I get it, Big Jim. What did you think, Wayne, of that conversation? I and mean, that was some of the better writing of the evening, I think. What did I think of it? I just thought that Julia was claiming that she could go through with Big Jim's plan to blow up Barbie if it came down to that. I don't know if she really meant it, but that's the impression she was trying to give to Big Jim. And unfortunately, we don't get to really find out. Okay, so let's think about this logically now, right? So they have been together for, I'm going to say, what, three weeks is what Big Jim tells us at the start of the show. Yeah, maybe three weeks and three days at the most. Okay, so let's let's put this into perspective. Barbie and Julia, three weeks they've known each other. Take it off. Take off the first two days that they weren't really dating; they were just kind of helping each other out. And then take off the time that Julia spent in a coma. Remember that back in season one. And then yeah, remember when everything frozen. And then everything frozen. Julia was basically in a coma again, uh, hypothermic. And then take all the time that Barbie spent in the cocoon away in this three-week period. I'm not talking about the fancy one-year part that we all have to forget ever happened. But literally, if you take all that time, they've really actually been together for two weeks, not three. Mm. So just just keep that in the back of your mind. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, three weeks. No, two. It's been two weeks that you've actually been together. <laughs> just want to point that out, guys. And she loves him so deeply because what... Ava and Barbie have is manufactured and manipulation, but what she and Barbie have with just two weeks of actual interaction is true love based on truth. Well, and maybe the murder of her husband. Oh, yeah. And don't forget about that time when he punched the wall and almost punched your head, woman. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that th was th odd. This this is a guy that, yeah, yeah I'm going to take care of him. I want him to come back to me. It's like, no, <laughs> wait till you see the whites of their eyes and then take him out. <laughs> Go with Big Jim. It's <laughs> Maybe Julia is solely thinking about the possibility that none of them are ever going to get out from under the dome, which limits her future romantic uh, prospects. I mean, have you seen some of these red shirts in town <laughs> just staring off into space? So maybe she's going to overlook a few things. I don't know. I it's go, strange. I go back to the book again. Julia was supposed to be an independent, strong woman, able to do stuff on her own. She doesn't need a man to keep her down. Write her as a strong character, which I think this season we've seen them start to do. But you got to keep it going that way. You got to keep her independent and not having to actually rely on Big Jim. She's got to come up with her own ideas. I mean, technically, the emotions thing was Nori's idea. It wasn't even Julia's. That's true. 
I think they're just trying to keep some of the shippers happy. That's possible, I suppose. Somebody's got to be happy. Are the shippers still watching? That's what I want to know. <laughs> Indeterminate. All right. So Christine and Sam's conversation. She's really doing this thing where she, she did a really good job about a couple, three weeks ago, I think it was, this manipulation tactic. So she's talking to Sam about when you were actually yourself, did your life actually mean anything? Did you did any good ever come out of your life? I mean, really, it was your your sister was driven out of town. You killed Angie. You basically led Abby to her death in one way, shape, or form. So just think of all the shame and how your human failings have ruined your life. Don't you want to be something better, Wayne? And nothing about Abby's death had anything to do with Christine's manipulation of her. Well, she said, you should take the pills and just let Sam go. So <laughs> that, that that whole scene, the Christine and Sam scenes, they're both a little bit odd and creepy. You put them in the same scene together. And I had a hard time watching, to be quite frank. And don't forget, uh, blood type O is the uh, common donor. It, okay. <laughs> just... Just happened to write that one in there too. You know, you had to like explain how blood transfusions work in order, in order to make this concept plausible. Thank you, Captain Obvious, right? Oh, man. Uh, so, yeah, Big Jim and Junior, they have this nice little conversation next to the giant suck hole. And uh, basically, he knocks him out in a really poorly choreographed punch I've ever seen on television, if I can say so myself. And he then he t- starts dragging him away. And I, on the second watch, I was like, why did he drag him away? Oh, because of the blast. So Big Jim actually does care about Junior, I guess, a little bit. Yeah, maybe a little bit more than Indy. Indy didn't have such a big part this week compared to weeks past, even though some dog treats were delivered amongst the other things. But, you know, if there's one thing that I've learned over the years is that when underground cave-ins happen, things can definitely occur. Yeah, and you know what, Wayne? The thing that I learned growing up is that knowing is half the battle. Go, Joe! Because Joe knows? No, because that's like the G.I. Joe thing. Like, yo, Joe! Oh, wrong show. But go, Joe, because Joe's got to run. Save Dory! Do what you can! (laughs) Take care of my little girl and have sex with her against the dome. Oh, my goodness. To the Prius! To the Prius! the (laughs) The only working vehicle in town that's always perfectly shined and full of either gas and or electricity. Uh, anything else you want to cover about nope. this nope. fantastic nope. episode of Under the Dome? Nope. nope. I I want to hear some of the great stuff the listeners called in. I think so, too. Uh, so let's get to the Big Jim Quippy Liners of the week. Uh, so we were just actually getting votes all the way up until the time we started recording this podcast. I know. Uh, for last week. It was pretty awesome. You guys are voting on Clamor, uh, which is totally awesome. Remember, if you want to vote... You have to register. So, you know, create a login on Clamor. Then the giant thumb up button will be there for you. So do that when you go ahead to vote for this week. We'll have those links in our show notes again at underthedomeradio.com slash 64. And last week, uh, as I'm looking at the Clamors right now, we are at Big Stuff. Big Stuff has beat Big Crap. Uh, 55% of the vote to 45% of the vote with actually over 150 votes coming in. So that's Woo-hoo! pretty awesome that you guys are really excited about these big gym liners of the week. Cause I think they're the best part of dome this season. And I'm really, no doubt. Uh, these are going to be even great. So this week we actually couldn't decide. So we actually have three big gym clips to play for you. Uh, so the first one here is going to be the one that uh, Bonita mentioned, which was the uh, Hunter and Jim scene 
when they were talking about uh, the apocalypse uh, being canceled. And so this one will be hashtag big break. Look outside. Apocalypse has been canceled. It's not the first time the dome lied this. As soon as the sky turned back to blue, she came out of the tunnels alive and well. Now she's got the town mining those amethysts. Joe and Nori are trying to figure out why. Who cares why? Meet me at the high school. I know how to deal with this. Anything happens to my dog, I'm going to break your arms and throw you in the lake. The only problem is that if you get thrown in the lake, you just come right back under the dome. <laughs> <laughs> and I still say there's got to be a way to make that portal two-way and you can just pop out in the red door in Zenith. That I think would be awesome because I want to go outside the dome again and maybe that'll be coming now that we have our mysterious character who shall not be named. She's on the same list as that other character from season one that can't be named. Okay, that's fair enough. <laughs> Lily's already made that status. That's how bad it was. <laughs> it did not take long. Oh, About three and a half seconds of airtime. That was it. All done. Uh, then we had, of course, the conversation uh, with Big Jim and Julia towards the end of the episode. Easy, Annie Oakley. What happened? Are you bleeding? That was somebody else. Look, as much as I like to stick around and watch the people of Whoville cry about their precious tunnels going boom, we got to get back to Bird Island. Not yet. Joe and Nori are missing. Oh, no. What has happened to Joe and Nori? Oh, boy. So that one, of course, big who hashtag big who for the Whoville comment. I still think that one is pretty awesome, to say the least. And it could even be a roundabout tie in to when Marg, who plays Christine, was on CSI and the theme music was done by the who. Oh, that's a good catch. Oh, brownie points for the sick one. (laughs) I love brownies with lots of frosting. I like those other kind of brownies, too. Anyways, uh, we'll go ahead and play this last one. We have to play it. We don't condone what was said in it, but it is actually probably the best line of the episode. So this one will be hashtag big army. So this is my army. A cripple, two horny teenagers, and a plucky newspaper girl. We're the best you've got. Yeah. World's over. Sam took out Christine. The town's on its own. We need a plan. We find a way to use emotion. It's the only way to fight what everyone's infected with. I'll take bullets over group hugs, okay? We found guns. We ought to use them. I think I'll take bullets over group hugs, too. (laughs) At least at this point, I don't want Mar coming up and uh, wiping into that goop on me. (laughs) She whiz, man. That creepy. Oh, man. So we have hashtag big army, hashtag big break, and hashtag big who. Those will all be at underthedomeradio.com slash 64. You just click on the link there, and that'll take you over to Clamor, where you can listen to the clips again before casting your vote to see which Big Jim Liner of the Week was your favorite for Breaking Point. Excellent idea, Troy. Now let's get down to brass tacks. Let's go ahead and share our ratings if we must assign a number to it. And this week, you go first, Troy. All right. Well, I gave this one after watching it a second time. Oh, boy. A lower score than I did on the first watch. Uh, I'm going to give this one three out of 10. C4 countdowns to crazy. Three out of 10. That's a respectable score. I also am going to give this episode a three, but not out of 10. I'm going to give this episode three out of 19 
magical charging stations. This was horrific. I suppose once you plug in the Prius that I might actually go toe dash by seeing that magic happen. Yeah, the, the number 19 just keeps appearing in a lot of Stephen King things, so I thought it was appropriate. Three out of 19, do your math at home, but you don't have to show your work. Uh, that'd be one-fifth if it was four out of 20. So, yeah, it's like a two. You're a two out of 10. So two and a half is the consensus for breaking point. That's Whoa, that's a new low. That's a, that's a new low for us. This must have been really poor. See, that's much lower than what we gave uh, the Fight Club episode. I don't remember what we gave it, but I'm sure it was not below a four or a five. Oh, man. So <laughs> I, I'm really curious to find out what the fans thought about this episode because, I mean, I would consider us pretty liberal when it comes to the show. We we tend to hold back. We tend to pump it up as much as we can. <laughs> but but true. But this week was just, it, it's inexcusable. I mean, at this point, it. The writing has been somewhat better than season two and we were on a, a path and this was just, I, I mean, maybe, maybe I was just really angry about the fact that the projection system thing was the, was the ploy and that I think really pissed me off <laughs> to be quite frank. Well, I think that that definitely factors into it. And although I would not use that L word, I would say that uh, there was a blog site that we both came across. Mikey dislikes it. And he basically said that this was the worst hour of television ever. Oh, wow. Yeah, we're, so, we're going to have to link to Mikey's blog because Mikey's blog is very... We're not condoning the things Mike's, Mikey says in the blog, first of all, but because of this episode, I think it warrants a special Hall of Fame place that uh, if you go to underthedomeradio.com slash 64, it's the only place you're going to get a link to this blog because you have to read like everything he's written about Under the Dome. It's so funny just to read through, especially and, the Breaking Point episode. And he is a under the dome meme creating uh, machine master. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the one meme that he put up, I think it was uh, fake bake <laughs> with the opening sequence of the fire <laughs> in the in the countryside. I thought I was like, this is golden. <laughs> just as just from the first picture, I'm in. I'm gonna read the whole thing, and it was it was pretty epic. I pretty much feel like we've all been ripped off. Yeah. So we'll put a link to that again in the show notes under the dome radio.com slash 64. Cause now you are intrigued and Mikey, if you're out there, we like you and <laughs> we want to talk to you and back to the, what is he like? Mike, uh, life cereal, life cereal, right? My, oh, the good old days. Oh, you know, we saw a couple more deaths this week. So, you know, the population may be dwindling there in the town. The kinship needs more people. It needs skills and talents. But do you have the skills that the kinship needs? Just go to lynda.com. They are there to rescue you. Visit lynda.com slash dome. You'll get 10 days of free learning to jumpstart a new skill, master your current craft, whatever you can, so that it'll help you with your job security. You'll free up your energy and be focused so that you can keep your emotions in check and not go crazy. And you can continue to help the kinship. Yeah, because you don't want to end up jumping out the window because you can't have the skills that you need. For example, real-time communication is key, especially when you need an arsenal and some dog food. So learning how to effectively communicate electronically can actually come in pretty handy. If you've never actually used an Acteon computer communicator before, then we actually suggest that you take Up and Running with Skype for Windows. It's taught by Lisa Larson Kelly, and with this course, you'll actually learn the basics from creating an account and adding contacts in Skype to making your first call via audio or video. Lisa will guide you through setting up the tools you need, your webcam, your microphone, and actually making a test call. 
You'll even learn how to use Skype by connecting it with Facebook and also on various mobile devices. Then you'll be on your way to actually more advanced features like calling a landline, initiating a group chat, and even sharing your own computer screen so someone else can walk you through how to find those quote-unquote secret hidden files that you forgot you had. Lynda.com slash dome. That's where you go. You can get access to over 3,000 video courses taught by expert teachers on any device that you wish, even a Microsoft Surface tablet. Most importantly, citizens of Chester's Mill, part of the kinship, you can watch them offline if you get an annual premium membership, which is good because Acteon and that woman that we can't name, she's going to mess with the internet. So be ready. Start your 10-day learning journey at lynda.com slash dome. That's lynda.com slash dome. Try it free today. And with that, it is time that we all band together and do what we can for the kinship. As Big Jim likes to say, we're all in this together. And we had a few voicemails this week. Uh, three of them actually came from one person. So we're going to talk in between each one of those. But first, let's kick things off with our good friend, Neil. Hello, this is Neil from Bowie calling into Under the Dome Radio for Under the Dome Breaking Point. Uh, great juxtaposition there early in the episode of Eva and Barbie getting together and then Christine emerging from her cocoon. Uh, nice shot there. Uh, I first thought that the blue skies in the episode were the projections and not the destruction that we saw the previous episode. I mean, here we have the event that the Dome was supposed to protect everyone against, and it was a lie. We had Junior telling Sam about a similar event on their home world. What we actually got was a recording of that. Just an amazing cheat. In retrospect, those people that Barbie encountered did seem a bit convenient and unreal. If Barbie really had tried to tell them to go to Zenith and escape into the Dome and they completely ignored them, that might have been a clue, but he didn't even try. Well, and they didn't even keep this up the pretense long enough for Big Jim and Julia to try to repopulate. God, isn't that a thought? Joe and Nori did demonstrate that inspiring enough in emotion is easier said than done. Uh, why didn't Julia check on Joe and Nori before they went to blow up the tunnels? And for that matter, why didn't Joe and Nori hear anything while Big Jim was setting up the explosions? There. I did actually like the little... Lily a little bit, but I have no idea how she was able to get the stuff to them so quickly, and just who was attacking there. That's just very weird. I guess that's uh, one more puzzle for subsequent episodes. The end, Christine says, we need to kill them all. And it looks like Barbie is going along for the ride. If that really is the case, I'll be very much disappointed. And I can't see how Christine's trick on Sam will work. Why doesn't she have enough goo to turn him anyway? There really are five more episodes to the series. I have no idea how they're going to stretch it out so long, but I guess we'll see under the dome. Onward. Neil from Bowie, thanks so much. Again, calling in at plus one nine zero four four six nine seven four six nine. That's the number that you want to keep handy. You can call in actually during the show at the commercial breaks if you want to even. And I think he brought up some really great points there, Wayne. I never even thought about it that how did Lily get out of that room, bundle all that junk together, and then talk to somebody, have them get it over to the cellar, get it shipped on over and do it so quickly. And then did big Jim actually go to the lake. I think that was the one thing that frustrated me with that scene was I like to have seen big Jim actually standing at the lake and watch this payload package kind of bubble up to the surface and then grab it and then go on to the high school. Um, or people might've complained about that. Cause then it would have been too much like a pallet drop on lost, but, <laughs> but at this point, why not? Why not? You know, that was it would have been cool to see. Oh, it was a definite great catch 
Uh, Neil, we appreciate you pointing that out. And he also brought up a great point that I didn't even think of. But now that I think of it the way he does, I like it a little better. The fact that maybe the blue sky was the illusion. Could you imagine the directions they could have gone with that? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that was the one thing that was trying. We're still trying to figure out if they're even in a reality right now, because we still had that open question of could they still be living in a matrix type world? And this is still all just a giant illusion altogether. Um, So that's one possibility. So, yeah, the fact that he thought the blue skies were fake and that the destruction was still real, I I guess you could be confused of that nature. But then, of course, Christine went and said, nope, it was fake. I did it. Thanks for ruining the fun, Christine. We'd like to theorize a little bit here. She is such a killjoy. Oh, can't stand it. Can't stand it. (laughs) Um, Then we also had him talking a little bit about just uh, the travel around town and things. So, yeah. We've talked enough about this show. (laughs) Why don't we go ahead and actually move on to our next caller? This one is from Chester's Mill. Hey, Troy and Wayne. Um, This is Chester Mills here, and seriously thinking about changing my name. Uh, I can't decide between the artist formerly known as and uh, Caitlin. But anyway, I digress. This episode, holy cow. Um, You know, when I watch a television show or a movie, I like for things to, to... come together to to resolve to gel and I, I i feel like that that's not happening with under the dome um you guys are absolutely right that the writing seems to to be just piecemealed together no consistency it's convoluted if at the very end of this series whenever that may be that they can bring everything together and tie it all together neatly then that show deserves an emmy dadgummit but I just don't think they can do it. It reminds me of that game where you start with one person and they tell a little bit of a story and then you go to the next person and they expand upon it and you go to the next person after that and they tell another little snippet of it. And, and so you get this wild and crazy story, which is what we have seen in Under the Dome. Uh, this episode was off the charts, just nuts. Um, you know, it cracks me up uh, because they're supposed to be have been Under the Dome for three weeks and yet julia knows barbie she loves barbie blah 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 never mind the fact that you know he punched the wall beside her i mean give me a break what (laughs) she doesn't do anything for women empowerment i'll tell you that right now um you know uh big jim i love big jim he's probably my favorite character now i hated him first because you know granted he's kind of a d-bag but he's the most consistent character you know what to expect and he has some of the best lines at this point, I kind of wish that they would have just done Under the Dome as sort of a miniseries or maybe even a two-and-a-half-hour movie. At least you would have had a good plot. The, the, things would have gelled together. But there's so many things out there. You know, the Acteon and, and the visions that Big Jim's wife had. Pauline, I think was her name. And, uh, you know, the, the monarch butterfly thing. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it fits together. If anything, though, Under the Dome has made me feel compelled to, to get a Prius. And I don't know why. Uh, I guess it's an awesome car. At the end of the world, during the apocalypse, all that's going to be left are cockroaches, Twinkies, and Priuses. So, I don't know. Um, it is what it is. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to keep watching Under the Dome. Why? Because I want to see where they go with this. I want to see if they can resolve everything. I I also want to keep listening to your podcast. Because that provides me some entertainment. Even more so than the show itself. So I I, I can say at least, you know, I'm going to be listening to you guys. Thanks for all you do, and I'll catch up with you later on when I've decided on a new name. The listener formerly known as Chester Mills. 
Thank you so very much for that voicemail. That was gold. So many fantastic points. And in fact, the way you describe the telephone game and how that might be how the writing goes on the show, I think that's the best explanation on why things have gone so far awry. What do you think? Oh, I think that's absolutely true how it's gone so far awry. It almost goes in line with that uh, Stephen King episode that we had previously where uh, the they said that it was Stephen King's head. And that's the only way that this stuff can make sense because it was all just thoughts in his mind. Oh, yes. I believe that was listener Ben that brought that one up. Yeah, I like that theory, too. So, uh, But Dadgummit, <laughs> love that. That was awesome. Dadgummit, women empowerment. What a great concept to talk about because here we have Julia who's still fawning over Barbie after almost getting punched in the face, uh, regardless of what anybody tells you about getting punched in the face. Barbie almost punched this one in the face. That was and close. It was very close. But now we also have Christine and Ava, and they're literally just like, I'm a woman. I'm just here to have babies, you know, and like throwing themselves at men. And again, where's the women empowerment conversation? Nori's the only one that actually is uh, standing up for women's rights and her belief system. Uh, the, some of the things that they're doing for women in the show, I think, just actually uh, make it look bad. It's all very, very strange. And judging by the preview for next week's episode, it's going to go a little further off the deep end. And I'm just kind of curious. Uh, you didn't explain, Chester, why the name change? I, is it because you're disappointed in the dome or just time for a new identity? I'm just really glad, though, that if for some reason a nuclear apocalypse actually happens, that cockroaches, Twinkies and Priuses will be abounding so that if we ever do repopulate the earth, we'll be able to get around. That was brilliant. And in fact, maybe that solves the mystery. The Prius actually runs on cockroaches and Twinkies. Oh, that's a good thought too. Got to really cram them down into that uh, port, port or whatever it is. Yeah. You have to convert them first. You have to chew the Twinkie and then spit it into the port. Is that how that works? Well, I'm not chewing and spitting the cockroaches. I'll tell you that. That's right. That's right. All Very right. Kind words. Thank you, Chester. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, here we go. So we have a three part voicemail from Ben Avery. Uh, he actually called in, as I, as I mentioned, surprisingly enough, he called in as the show was airing in between the commercial breaks as he was watching it on his mobile device earlier this morning. So here's part one. Hey, guys, it's Ben. Uh, ben Avery from WelcomeToLevel7.com, the podcast about Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. and the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And I'm calling uh, because it's commercial break number one, according to my app that I'm watching Under the Dome on. And I just have a couple of thoughts. I'm going to continue watching then, and I'll call back during the next commercial or something. We'll see how this works out. But um, first of all, War of the Worlds, you have a problem with that ending? Dudes, that is a classic, classic ending. It is a classic metaphor for the expanding empire of the British as the Martians are symbolic of, of basically Britain just going in. And, and then disease is what kills the Martians because they aren't prepared for that. Just like uh, how many uh, cultures were kind of taken down by diseases that they weren't prepared for. I mean, we're talking about a classic metaphorical sci-fi, one of the first. And you have a problem with that? Now, if you have a problem with Steven Spielberg movie, that's fine. Um, but don't have a problem with something that H.G. Wells himself brought into it and did for the first time ever. Uh, anyway, um, your question about the where the fire was coming from and multiple meteors and the whole world being destroyed and where uh, I had an answer for that. But then I watched the first 15 minutes of this episode and I 
no longer need to answer that. Um, here's what sums up my, my thoughts so far. Um, Ava said, what's happening? And Barbie said, I have no idea. And I say, yeah, me too. Here's what I'm reminded of. I am reminded this, this show is now turning into, for me, an anthology series, kind of like Twilight Zone, but a really poor anthology series. This season we've had the bar and the, the, the brain in the jar episode, the last people on earth episode, the body snatcher episode. Uh, it's an anthology with people that, that uses the same characters. And it just feels like right now, now I haven't seen the end of the episode yet, so we'll see what happens later on. But right now I'm just watching this and I'm thinking to myself, what? That whole last episode we had was just so that Christine could bring, I don't even, uh, I'm very frustrated right now. So I'm about to keep going. So I'm going to hang up now and I'll, I'll, I'll call back later. Later. Bye. Ben, thank you very much for your call. Number one, we appreciate that. And yeah, I guess I struck a nerve with the the whole War of the Worlds thing. And it, it it's akin to posting on Twitter or Facebook that you think that Led Zeppelin's Stairway to Heaven is highly overrated. You know, it's asking for trouble. And you make great points, Ben. I didn't even know that it went that deep as far as all of the different metaphors. Now it all ties together. I'm just remembering when the only time I saw the film was when I was like 11 or 12. And I remember just the way he explaining it without really seeing it and taking it in just explaining it that the fact that aliens were conquered with the common cold on the surface sounds a little flimsy but then again i've got a very bad cold myself and i could see where it could overtake an entire civilization so uh please forgive me well but you do make a good point though i mean if you hadn't seen the original classic and then you watch the new movie i mean really it's like giant robots get sick <laughs> it is a little bit far-fetched when you think about it so i think the point you were trying to make was good it just was you have to step on it cautiously because it is a classic tale i guess right but, but i love that with he, that being said the fact that on under the dome emotions are going to save us all that there's no way to oh no no quantify no absolutely not but i do like the uh the mention of the twilight zone throwback because i, I yeah. I, I want to say Big Jim said it in this in the season, right? Wasn't there a comment about the Twilight Zone that he gets to the end of the world and he just wants to read the book and then and then boom, he breaks his glasses? It, I, I remembered watching that on a show. I, I want to say it was Dome. So listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, under the dome radio.com slash feedback. But I thought that was one of Big Jim's speeches uh, yeah. right away in the in the pilot. So but All- I might be remembering wrong. Yeah, although I don't remember the circumstances, Big Jim has made at least one reference to the twilight zone yeah so maybe that is the whole point maybe we should go back and watch twilight zone episodes then watch under the dome and see if they actually mash up like ben was saying or just go back and watch twilight zone episodes <laughs> it's a good point too well let's see if ben actually ended up making it all the way through breaking point because he seemed pretty frustrated like we all were in that first 15 minutes at the commercial break uh here's voicemail number two from ben hey it's me ben ben avery again from welcome to level seven blah 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 you know all that stuff uh, I'm calling in. It's actually the third commercial break now, and at the second one, I went ahead and skipped the commercial break because it only happened like four minutes in. Um, <clears throat> I'm, I'm going back on myself now. Uh, I kind of still kind of liked, I think now, I think I kind of like the uh, the idea of the, 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 the meteor shower being Christine's doing. It doesn't make sense too much. Um, but at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, like Joe said, it's like uh, channels switching on a, on a TV, you know, switching from what she wants them to see to, you know, all that kind of thing. And 
I am actually now, I'm, I'm kind of liking what happened. I mean, we had that episode last week. It was kind of good, kind of had moments of goodness and moments of badness. But now, you know, they went through that emotional journey and, um, we can tell now that Barbie, he's, he's all in. He's all in. He's not faking this anymore. Um, if he ever was faking it, I, I was pulling for him as a, as a faker, faker, belly aker. Unfortunately, it seems like he's, he's, he's been, been roped in. He's, he's, a, he's a part of things now. So, uh, the show is about to start again and, um, I'm going to have some final thoughts, but as of right now, uh, I, I'm kind of liking this twist. Maybe I won't like it, uh, when we see what happens next year, but I'm kind of glad that the, the world is still out there and they have opportunity for storytelling that can still expand instead of contracting the storytelling like it looked like they were doing. Um, although I was curious where they were going to go with that. If it had been, the whole world had been destroyed. So I guess I'm ambivalent. I'm, I'm intrigued by what could have been, but um, I'm okay with what is right now. Uh, notice I say I'm okay. I'm, I'm not saying that I love it or anything like that. And I'm not using the word brilliant again because you guys kind of, you know, railed against that. But yeah. Uh, I'll call back once the show is over and, and give you my final thoughts later. We said Thanks. we said brilliance, and then of course he ripped you back for War of the Worlds. So I guess we're even with that. <laughs> and don't forget that I said oxy and you said Tosin. Uh, Barbie truly in the kinship. Yes, no, maybe so. I'm gonna say no because then Ooh. he would have whistled when Julia was talking to him on the walkie-talkie, like Carolyn whistled when the kids were standing in front of her, like, "Hey, help me, help me, help me." Barbie didn't say help me. Barbie said, I'm still listening. So not fully in the kinship yet. Really? I'm going to totally agree with Ben Avery and say that Barbie is truly in the kinship. Him and Ava, thick as thieves. But miraculously, by or during the season finale, Barbie will turn good again and and mend the hearts of many people. Barbie and Ava, thick as thieves? Yes. Truly in the kinship? No. Because even Ava said, I don't know if he's truly made his transformation yet. She mentioned that to Christine after having relations in the motel. Oh, boy. So, yeah, I, I'm going to say no, not truly in the kinship. You're saying he's fully in. That sounds like a Team Troy, Team Wayne competition, people. That's right. If you're with me and Barbie's still kind of teetering on the side of good, uh, just hashtag Team Troy out on Twitter. And of course, if you think Barbie has completely fallen off the deep end for Ava and with the rest of the Millers and the Whistlers, then you want to do hashtag Team Wayne. Let us know what you think out on the Twitter sphere. Well, although I I am mostly just uh, agreeing with Ben, so it's kind of like on the Sci-Fi Christian podcast with Matt and Ben. It's like Ben is right. Ben is right. Ben is right. <laughs> good points. Good points. Good points. And because you made him angry, now you have to butter him up and by agreeing with him. So that's only fair, I guess. Uh, let's see if Ben was actually able to finish the show. Here's his third voicemail. Hey, guys. It's Ben again. The show is done. Here I am. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm. This episode was better than Fantastic Four. I wish I had stayed home and watched this instead of going to the theater to watch Fantastic Four, but I was obligated to because of Welcome to Level 7. Um is that good praise? Well, not not really. Uh, here's the, the standouts for the end of the episode. I'm okay with emotion snapping people out of it. The problem is you have to have an emotional connection, and they just have not written that into the show with the rest of the people of the city. Um, so they're going to have to work hard to make that work. But 
it worked with Nori and her mom. I, I was kind of, I went along with that. Um, the e, Ava Julia standoff, yeah, it didn't, it didn't really bother me or, or excite me emotionally or anything like that. I just, eh, whatever. Um, I did notice people went unconscious very quickly with very, very uh, lightweight hits, it seemed. But um, overall, uh, I'm curious. I want to see where this show is going. Uh, and I think I'm asking the right questions, but I am not real happy with – I'm just ambivalent. Uh, like I said before, concept, high concept, you got me. You got me. You got me. It's execution that I'm just – I feel like it's faltering. So that's all I have to say. Talk to you later. This is Ben. Uh, signing off. Bye. Yeah, execution. That's I think where we are too. It's it the, everything that the special effects are good. Sorry, visual effects are good. Uh, the characters are interesting, but the writing is just so poor in places. And I really love that he makes the point that if emotions are supposed to be the key, that we aren't emotionally connected to anything but four people, and they're all on that, the good side. <laughs> that's an excellent point, Troy. And the excellent visual effects with the giant amethyst withstanding. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's true. That's true. Um, I also think that uh, he made a really good point. And I'm trying to remember what it was now off the top of my head because I just thought of the amethyst and that giant gapingness of really bad prop, like took all my thoughts out of my head. Oops, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, no, that's totally fine. Um, but he was talking about how he's just, you know, emotionally connected to the show. And then he mentioned Fantastic Four being as bad as it was that Dome was actually better than Fantastic Four. That's saying something. So obviously go see Mission Impossible or Ant-Man or Minions instead. Do not waste your money on Fantastic Four if it's worse than the Dome. (laughs) That's saying a lot. Definitely. And you have to pay for it. Oh, that's true. That's true. Well, you might have to pay for Dome 2 if you're paying your $99 a year for Amazon Prime to watch it on Monday. Touche. Touche. All right. Well, uh, we also got an email from Barb's. Uh, we, she uh, said that she actually enjoyed the episode on Twitter, and I was kind of like, Barb, what gives? G- give, us, give us what was the good stuff. And so she says, greetings, Sir Wayne and Sir Troy. This is Barb, a.k.a. Tangier14, joining the kinship to talk about that wacky, broken, dysfunctional team under the dome. And I'm not referring to Big Jim's Resistance Fighters. Okay, so you asked on Twitter why I actually like this week's episode. Well, things were so frustrating at work for me this week that I was actually looking forward to whatever comic relief under the dome could bring. After all, this show can't get any worse, right? Oh, Barb. (laughs) Oh, Barb, you said the magic words. Um, So I think that my attitude is what actually made this episode a little bit better for me. In addition to my attitude, number one, the caves are no more. Yes, Barb agrees with me. (laughs) No more poor lighting, gooey cocoons, and weird cave sex. May all the pink purple lights stay out permanently. Amen. Amen. Number two. I was happy for the actress Aisha Hines. She has finally been released from being underutilized and given poor lines unworthy of her awesome talent. Wonder how long it will take her to actually quietly remove Under the Dome from her IMDb page. Oh my goodness. (laughs) We'll have to check on that periodically. Yes, we will. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Big Jim had lots of zippy one-liners besides the, did he really just say that line at the beginning of the show? That's Big Army. Hashtag Big Army, in case you forgot. Uh, 
We found the guns, <laughs> telling Julia not to tell Acteon that he offed the good doctor and the awesome Whoville line that was uh, Big Who, hashtag Big Who, uh, murdering and crazy Big Jim is my hands down favorite. And I couldn't stand the character a year ago. And that's one thing that I think we kind of overlook, Sir Wayne, is that there was a time at the end of last season where he was shooting up everybody. Andrew Ganell gets shot in the head. He shoots a junior. He's walking like a slea stack. And we're like, dude, Big Jim is on fire. <laughs> and now it's like, Big Jim, save the day, please. <laughs> how does that change so drastically in just eight episodes? I have no idea how and why any of the things change. Oh, man. So we have then Barb finishing with number four, uh, the Prius. My only disappointment was that I expected it to actually rescue Jory in the same way that the magical muggle car saved Harry Potter and Ron Weasley from the spiders. Too bad that Big Jim and Julia were in the front seat. A flying car, you say? Ridiculous? Well, this is under the dome after all, so I guess anything is possible. And it would have been entertaining. Let's make sure we point that out. Uh, I've come to the conclusion that the goo is healing the car battery. Someone must have actually applied oxytocin to the battery. And since it's under the hood, it wouldn't impact the shiny, clean outer surface of the exterior. Heck, that stuff cures everything else. True that. My only moment of panic was when Lily was introduced and I thought, oh, oh no, please don't let this be something to carry us into another season. But then I just laughed because I know there is zero continuity to this show. And the writers will forget that she even existed before the season ends. Heck, she might even be non-existent by next week, if we're lucky. Yeah, we lost Indy already. Where did the dog go? Uh, in summary, the show is still awful, but I'm going to laugh my way through it and pray for no renewal next year. <laughs> because the only reason I keep watching is that the podcasts that talk about Under the Dome are so very, very good. Keep Aww. up the great work, Barb. That was awesome. Barb, thank you so much for putting that together. And yes, I could see where if you needed a mood adjustment and oxytocin is not there on the counter um, under the dome could provide some sort of comic relief that that, that it could. <laughs> it's, it's a good chuckle. That's for sure. Uh, and then Bonita actually came back on Twitter. Cause we asked her the same question. Like, why did you think this uh, episode was better? And she said that I think it just flowed better. Uh, it definitely flowed better than last week with the time jumping thing. So I agree with her there. Uh, it was actually more Stephen King like, and it was actually downright pretty funny in places. It's just a matter of whether or not it was supposed to be funny. Right. <laughs> did they intend for it to be funny or did everybody laugh at it because they thought it was funny? That's a yeah, good question. Good question. But the end result is what counts. We laughed. All right. Let's finish up this evening and let's listen to one Mr. Aaron Arnett Jr. for our final voicemail at underthedomeradio.com slash feedback. Sir Wayne, Sir Troy, another week of Under the Dome Radio. This is Aaron on a junior. I'm still stuck out here. I haven't made really any progress. The only thing I've been surviving on is coffee grounds and peanuts. I ate all the peanuts that were on the plane, and I was like, nothing, man. I'm trying to, I, I tried to eat whatever I could salvage from the plane. I mean, I, I tried the peanuts, coffee grounds. There were breadcrumbs. For some reason, there was like margarita mix. But now I'm stuck on trying to make food out of the seat cushions it's gross it's gross man but i was able to use my barrier and radio tv phone thing and i watched under the dome this week and i just gotta tell you that i think it i think it was the worst episode i've seen in the entire series 
I just can't believe how nothing matters in this season. And I try to stay calm. I tried to stay calm as I was watching it. Because, you know, they say don't panic if you're stuck in the wild. Which I've been stuck out here for three weeks! And it sucks, man. It really does suck. I've been stuck out here for three weeks. And on top of that, I've had to watch really crappy TV. I just can't believe this. It's like nothing matters. Angie doesn't matter. The ghost people don't matter. The egg doesn't matter. The four hands. What was that? It's four wastes of time. That's all I can see. It's like nothing matters. The end of the world thing doesn't matter. Now I know why they showed that in the preview. Because it didn't matter. It didn't really have anything to do with the show. Oh. I really hope that Sam didn't fall for it with Christine. You know what I'm saying? I hope he didn't fall for it. It's, that would just... Come on, Sam. Sam, help me. Help me, Sam Kenobi. You're my only hope. That's somebody. Let me tell you something. I just hope we have five episodes left, as Sir Troy said. I just hope we can get something out of it. And I just hope I can get out off of this place I am. I'm trapped. I'm so tired of being lost. Ah! Mitchell, play the thing. No, the thing for the end, the, the dramatic, come on. Thank you. Man, I got a hankering for a Toyota Prius right now. Oh my goodness. <laughs> what I was about the four hands? That's the best line ever. What about the four hands? <laughs> they meant nothing. Aaron, oh, so kind of you to send that in. We got it in the middle of recording just in time. And you had me at Margarita Mix. Yes, <laughs> we need to start doing that Ed, as we watch the show and as we record the podcast. Um, what was it? Peanuts, Margarita Mix, uh, breadcrumbs. That's quite a combination. But I can under understand that being trapped and lost all that time is really getting frustrating with not much to watch on television. Oh. Let's be clear, though. He brings up a one really good point. He brought up a lot of great points. Well, yes, he did. But specifically, an actual, like, real point, which was the fact of the four hands. The four hands went to the outer dome where the little white dots on the barn were supposed to tell him to go. And they went and had four knives, and it said, Kill Big Jim. Well, now that we know what we know now, and that the dome is actually Christine's master plan then technically the dome was actually telling them the right thing to do because Big Jim is now on the other side of Christine's kinship. So but there might be continuity after all. If there is, it's purely accidental. Trust me. I mean, one of those four hands is dead now, right? Uh, two of them are dead because there was the one that could cross space and time and act as two. Thank you, Rebecca Pine, for your only contribution to the last season. Rebecca Pine was the best. The best. Oh, good gravy. Thank you, Aaron, for sending that in at the last minute possible. You Stay are awesome. Safe. Stay safe. And uh, not so much bear urine. <laughs> no, no. Last week, bear urine. This week, margarita mix. Those things do not mix well together. No, and they look about the same color, so just be careful. Oh, boy. Uh, under the Dome, honorary guest DJ of the week. Uh, I think we're going to have to go with the listener, formerly known as Chester's Chester Mills. I can't say that right because I'm used to saying Chester's Mill. I know. That is a tricky one. I'm glad you're changing your name. That, that makes my life a lot easier. 
But we do hope to hear more great information from Chester Mills because he brought up great points, was very, very kind. And the whole telephone storyline really goes in with what's going on oh, on the show as far as the writing. Brilliant, brilliant concept. Uh, I wish I would have thought of it. It was That was actually, yes. <laughs> hey, I, I, hey. Uh, last week, uh, there was a surfing dude on the methane fade lake, and uh, it, the methane like ruined his surfboard. <laughs> and then we have under the dome. <laughs> the, yeah, weird stuff. So coming up next, we've got our investigative report. Get a little bit spoilery. So if you want to be totally spoiler free, even though in the end, none of it's really going to matter because it'll all be for nothing. Probably you can go ahead and skip ahead a couple of minutes. We won't hold it against you. Just be sure to subscribe to the Under the Dome radio show and join us on the social sphere out there. All the details on all the places where you can find us are at underthedomeradio.com slash 64. Spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. This is an Under the Dome Radio investigative report. Next week on Under the Dome, Big Jim and Julia lead the charge to end Christine's control over Chester's mill and bring down the dome once and for all. And guess what? Eric LaSalle. Yes, Eric LaSalle is back behind the camera directing this episode. So at least it should be halfway decent next week. I'm I'm shooting for a six. That's my prediction. A six is where I'm going in with my rating. Just because Eric LaSalle is behind the camera. I do not dare to even hazard a guess in advance anymore. You know why, Wayne? Because this episode is entitled Plan B. Yes, we're going to write this ship once and for all with our Plan B. Uh, Big Jim and Julia devise plans to end Christine's control over the town by initiating a life or death plot involving Barbie and Ava while Joe and Nori conduct research to better understand the dome's ultimate agenda. Dun, dun, dun. Meanwhile, Hunter finds more information about the true head of Acteon, the nefarious private corporation that wants to harness the dome's energy. <laughs> on Under the Dome, Thursday, August 13th at 10 p.m. Eastern and Pacific, 9 Central on the CBS television network. Eric LaSalle, who guest stars this season, like we said, will be on as that nefarious head of Acteon energy and also directed the episode behind the camera. And yeah, I guess we already forgot about Lily because Lily's not in the guest casting for this week. We have um, Megan Ketch. Yeah, Megan Ketch playing Harriet and Vince Foster playing Kyle. So those are our two guest cast members to look out for as the uh, show progresses. It's written by Tim Schlattman and Mark Brunner and of course directed by Eric LaSalle. So Plan B, Wayne. Plan B. Now, I've got two things that I want to address just from hearing this synopsis for the first time. One, that it's called Plan B. Remember when Plan A was Under the Dome is going to be a 13-episode self-contained summer event. I believe they call that (laughs) mini-series. Yes. But uh, in the synopsis, you used a very interesting word that really caught my eye. Conduct research like the writer should do? No, in that uh, synopsis, you used the word plot. <laughs> oh, I did see that now. Life or death plot. So the plot, the fact there's something related to a plot that, that piques my interest. Yes, that's why I said a six. I'm going in with a six and we'll see if it can go up from there. The uh, proof is in the oxytocin. Now, Tim Schlattman actually is a pretty good writer. So I would say the combination of Schlattman and Eric LaSalle directing and I think the fact that Christine is now pissed off that, you know, they've attacked 
I think we're actually going to get a, a pretty good rebound episode after this one. Cause like uh, Barb said, it can't get any worse. <laughs> the fact that we're going to hear that line from Julia in this week's episode that was in the trailer, that alone, many people will re will be recording that line and sharing it in many fashions. I can't wait. Yeah. We might have to go with uh big Julia liners next week and make that one of them. <laughs> Uh, we absolutely have to have that one because I'm sure it's going to be a landslide victory for Julia. That it will. That it will. Well, that will bring us to the end of our fun this evening. Uh, just uh, thanks again so much for sticking with us. Uh, obviously, again, we, we do the podcast for all of you. We are members of the Kinship Together. So we just want to thank you so much for subscribing to the show, uh, hanging with us these uh, full uh, three seasons. Keep those five uh, pink star ratings and reviews coming in iTunes. You can pause the show if you're listening on the iOS podcast app right now and leave that review right as we're speaking. Come on back. We'll still be here. Or just go ahead and visit underthedomeradio.com slash iTunes when you have a chance. And as always, this show is made possible by you. And this is season three. It's drawing closer to the end, but we need the propane deliveries to keep the station running. And we will continue to donate those right over to help support young Ben, who's battling cancer right now. Just go to underthedomeradio.com. And you will see on the right-hand sidebar all of these beautiful propane tanks that you can choose from. And remember, underthedomeradio.com slash Ben if you want to send a check or mail him a check directly and see how his progress is going. Uh, most importantly, we love connecting with all of you, the fellow millers all around the mill here. So head on over to underthedomeradio.com. All of our social links are at the top of the page, Facebook, Twitter. But most importantly, we want you to subscribe to the podcast Whatever you get your podcasts, Overcast, Downcast, Pocket Casts, uh, right up on the podcast app itself. There's a ton of them out there, so be sure to leave a re review wherever you listen to the show. Tell us about what you love, and that way we can get more Millers in here whistling in our great kinship community here in Chester's Mill. Yes, and we thank you so much for taking the time to listen to Under the Dome Radio. Sure, the TV show has some issues, but we love having you part of the show. Visit underthedomeradio.com slash feedback so you can share your voice. And until that next episode on Twitter, I'm at Wayne Henderson. And I am at Troy Heinrichs, doing my high wire act as I blow up in the tunnels, trapped under the dome. Under the Dome Radio. Under the Dome Radio is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network. Get more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx. Get organized in your personal and professional life, laugh with our clean comedy, theorize over great television shows, and so much more, all waiting for you at noodle.mx.